Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Couch Warrior Podcast Fantasy Edition. I am your host, Mike, and today we're going to break down UFC two, uh, Vegas 48 from a DraftKings, a prize picks, and a prediction strike point of view. Anyone who's been on my, who's watched my show before, knows we cover we cover DraftKings first. Um, I'll go over decent picks for GPPs, cash plays, some underdogs, um, and then we're gonna go over prediction strike. That's my favorite one to go over with you guys. Not prediction strike. I'm sorry, prize picks. I have some cool uh, stats for that. I don't think anyone else does it as of now, so cool to be the only one doing it and then i'll quickly go over prediction strike although because of the lack of stats and how new the app is there's still very little information i do want to add another app soon it's called underdog fantasy they do the exact same thing as uh price picks but they offer underdogs as well like the stats for underdogs so I've been hitting that a little bit more often than I've been hitting on pri- on prize picks. So I would like to start incorporating that. Unfortunately, they haven't released anything yet. They're usually quicker than this, but what can you do? <coughs> Excuse me. All righty. It's so hot right now. I'm literally I'm literally in New York in the middle of the winter and I'm like sweating as I sit here. But all right, let's get started. So we'll start with DraftKings. You'll see I have Batista up here. Uh, sorry about the misspelled name. Um I don't have any salary or anything for him just yet. His uh they just released the odds. It's like minus 270 Batista. I won't be surprised if it like flies towards him i do think he outclasses jay perrin and i am gonna have him on my uh probably on all my in a lot of my lineups i just don't see how perrin wins and i think that a finish by bautista is likely so but we're gonna keep going for now then we got jonathan pierce um i'm gonna be playing him in both gpps and in cash games just because i think he's gonna be one of those players where if you don't play him you're probably gonna be behind i think he's going to smoke Rodriguez. I think the size is just too much. I think he's going to be very grapple heavy and DraftKings rewards wrestlers a lot. So, and then implied probability of a finish at 61.5%. I want to say that's the third highest on the slate, which is pretty damn good. So, yeah, Pierce is definitely a pick for me for both cash and GPP. I think he's got a high ceiling, a high floor here, because even if he somehow loses to Rodriguez... I can't imagine him not wrestling, so that's that. Um, Chad Anheliger Anheliger is a fade for me personally. At 9,100 with not much information, there's not really much to work with. He's not a big fella, and he's given up six inches in reach, so I'm really not sure if he's going to knock out straighter. We haven't seen much from the grappling area for for, uh, Chad Anheliger. We saw him give up a bunch of control to Moon Gafarov. So, personally, I'm going to fade Chad. I don't think I'm going to have him on a single lineup. I just don't see him making the optimal lineup. So, you know, maybe for a cash play, he's probably got a decent floor. I don't, I don't know if Strader's going to knock him out either. Even though I got a bet on that, 
So, I'm not really sure. I'm going to fade Chad. Personally, this entire DraftKings slate for me is like a land full of landmines. I've, I'm making very few plays. I'm only going to have, I don't know, definitely less lineups than usual. Last week, I did the best I've ever done. I, I think we cleaned up like... Uh, I'm not even sure, but uh, I think like six or seven of my lineups hit for some good cash, so that was good. But all right, next we have Kyle Dawkins. There is no price for him yet. I was surprised to see that this morning, as a Wednesday. There's still nothing. Um, he's gonna be a play for me on both cash and GPP. I understand the salary is pretty high, but honestly, I think the upside here is also really high. You see 23% control time, 11 against. I do think he's going to control Pickett. I think he'll beat Pickett on the feet. And I think it's possible that he submits Pickett. So um, I do think Dawkins will probably find himself on the optimal lineup as well. And that's why I plan on playing him for most of them. Hill at 9,000. Personally, that's a fade for me. I don't think I'm going to play that. I don't think he finishes Johnny Walker, to be completely honest. He could. We saw Ryan Spann almost do it. But Ryan Spann is a bigger boy. Like, Hill's big, but I don't know, man. Implied probability of a finish is highest on the slate, 80%. It's just also Walker, he fights at a distance. He fights pretty slow. We saw him come fight the most boring five-round fight probably in history against um, Diago Santos. So, yeah, I don't know. I... I'll probably have Hill on a, on a GPP or so, something like that. Maybe a cash play because he doesn't have that low. He's probably got a decent floor. I'm not sure that Walker finishes him either. But personally, that's a fade at 9,000. I just think there's better plays. <laughs> Parker Porter at 8,900. You could probably play this on cash. I feel like on GPP, the ownership is going to be pretty high. Everybody fucking loves Parker Porter right now. It's so funny. But, you know, the guy could beat Francis Nagano, so we gotta take him serious. 11% control time, 4, 3% against. Uh, I believe that's the second highest implied probability of a finish on the slate at 67.5. A, a bit over. You know, it makes, it makes sense because I don't see Badeau making it out of the second round. Either he's gonna finish Porter or Porter's gonna finish him, I think. I do need to go look at the violence bet, see what I can make over there. But Porter is a fair play. I wouldn't blame anyone for playing him on cash. I think, you know, there is the possibility that he gets finished. But that's why I wouldn't put him on GPP because I do think he probably doesn't finish. And you want a really high ceiling on GPPs. Ideally, you want low ownership and you want all your people getting a finish. So Porter is not going to be on GPPs for me. Cash, maybe. We got my next fade next. <clears throat> Excuse me. We got Chas Skelly at 8,700. Um, you know, Chas is very grapple heavy, and we don't know much about Striegel, so it is entirely possible that he submits Striegel. It really is. He could do it. Striegel is uh, submission heavy himself. He's a good grappler too. The reason I don't want to go heavy on Skelly, especially at 8,700, is first of all, he has absolutely no striking. It's just fucking terrible. And, you know, he hasn't fought to since 2019. We don't really know what he's going to be able to do. 
He scored 75 against uh, Jordan Griffin, which you know is is similar. I could see Griffin and uh, I could see some similarities between Griffin and um, Striegel. But personally, I'm not going to be playing Skelly. I think I'll be playing Striegel as a dog. Um, especially in GPPs, I think he's going to be a good look because I think he's not going to be owned at all. So that's that's with Skelly. I, I'm not feeling him much. I'll probably have him on a GPP play here and there, but he's not. He's going to be low ownership for me personally. Jessica Rose Clark. I think everyone and their mom is going to be owning her. She's a good cash play at 8,600. I don't think she's getting finished here against Edgar. I just don't. I think we're probably going to go to the decision, and whoever imposes their game plan is going to score higher. I do think that Clark probably has the better chance of imposing her double legs and such. So, And we did see Edgar struggle against Tracy Cortez's double. So I think I'm going to be going with Clark. Probably cash. I don't know about GPP because I'm not sure she's going to catch a finish. Edgar, on the other hand, might be worth a little sprinkle on the GPP because she could finish from top if she gets there. Um, but it's unlikely. I'm going to be probably playing a little sprinkle on Edgar by decision. So, Carlos Moda at 8,500. Don't play this on cash. For GPP plays, probably decent. Um, I have him in a parlay, and I have the fight doesn't go the distance. I think 55.6 percent implied probability of a finish is not doing this fight any um any service it i think it's going to be higher than that I mean, I mean i think it should be higher than that i really struggle to see how this fight makes it to the distance jim miller you know he doesn't win if, he, if it goes to decision at least he hasn't in a really long time and for someone who doesn't really strike that well he, i mean that much he's doing pretty well with his left uh, with his left hand um, he's putting people down. That's how he knocked out Gonzalez. But he gets clipped himself, and I think that Moda, if he does land those hooks, I think it's going to be lights out. And I'll have Miller on the other side, too. I'll talk about that when we get to him. But, you know, I think there's an up finishing upside there as well. He'll be really low-owned. So Miller and Moda for GPP plays. I like it. And then we got Onama at 8,400. I have him on some GPP on some cash. I th I don't know if the GPP is a move because I'm not sure that he finishes Benitez. Um, we're still relatively unsure about how good this guy is. He looked great against Mason Jones. But a good point that people keep bringing up is that Mason Jones is a punching bag. So, you know, we'll see how he does against um, somebody like... Sorry, I'm blanking. Somebody like... Uh, Benitez, but I think Cash is a safe play with him. I don't think he's going to score low. Um, you see that 42 and a half. That's a, that was against Mason Jones, who got eight takedowns and out grappled him for like I want to say I I'm not going to make up numbers, but a good amount of the fight. So Onama for Cash. Not much else with him. Buckley 8300. I mean him and Alhassan. You kind of just have to play them. At 73.3% implied probability of a finish. We got two guys who, they just finish constantly. In, in his uh, three wins in the UFC, Buckley scored above 80, just about. 79.5 um, being his last win against Arroyo. 113.7 against uh, Jordan Wright. 
and 98.5 against. That was the Impa Kinsangani kick heard around the world. But, yeah, I mean, you got to be a dummy not to play Buckley or Al Hassan on your lineups for GPP. One of them is going to get a finish, and one of them is going to be on the optimal lineup because of that. Unless this somehow turns into, like, Derek Lewis, <laughs> Naganu, and they kind of just don't do anything at all. But Buckley's not that type of guy, even if Al Hassan might be. Buckley's going to bring it to him until he's sleeping himself or Al Hassan's done. So, definitely play those guys on GPP. I don't see any reason not to. Um, Belbita and DePaul are probably a fade for me, for both of them. You know, 8,200, 8,000. Where's the value there? What are they going to really do? Are they going to finish each other? I don't know. Belbita got that 88.8 points in her win over Goldie. I'm personally watching the odds on Belbita. I hope to catch her at a good price. Uh, I think I might put a unit down. We shall see. That line has been all over the place. Um, maybe I'll have Belbita on a cash play. You know, I don't think she gets finished, and I think it'll probably be a high output affair. Um, I also think it's possible she mixes in grappling. So, Belbita maybe on some cash. Paula, he's gonna be a fade. Razaka Hassan, we just spoke about that. You kind of just have to. Benitez at 7,800. Honestly, he's not a bad look either for cash. I wouldn't play him for uh, GPP just because I don't think he finishes um, Onama. If Mason Jones didn't, I'm not sure how Benitez will. Benitez isn't much of a wrestler. He's got one takedown, and that was against Humberto Bontanai when he s slammed him to sleep. 61 66.1% implied probability of a finish, you know. I kind of don't even agree with that to be honest. I think it should be a bit lower. Benitez, you know, he had that 115.2 points against Justin James, but otherwise he's a fairly low scorer. I haven't been particularly impressed with him lately. I thought he was in a smoke Billy Quarantero and Billy just walked through him. That's part of why I'm on Onama here, you know. Billy throws these looping punches. I remember watching him versus Tucker and just seeing his punches constantly miss. I, It was like chalk. Uh, I mean, it was like fingernails scraping a chalkboard to me. I was like freaking out. But anyways, but you know, 2% 4-11 against for control time. Onama hasn't showed it much, but he trains a glory. And we've seen James Krause pull absolute miracles at these guys in terms of making them better grapplers. So... Um, I'm not really going to play Benitez anywhere. Maybe cash for some, you know, some salary freedom up top. But I'd rather put, play like somebody like Edgar or, you know, even Walker if we're going to talk about cash value. But then we got Miller at 7,700. I think this is a GPP must play and a cash fade. Uh, for GPP, 7,700. He's going to open up a bunch of salary for you. I think he's going to be low owned because most people have him counted out. The casuals are going to be like, fuck this guy, young dude all day. Even the non-casuals are probably not going to want to have too much on Miller. And I understand why. The guy's like 38, 39. He's like 74 in fight years at this point. I mean, he's a legend. Fought at UFC 100. Fought at UFC 200. Wants to fight at UFC 300, but... <laughs> Unless they start doing like 40 cards a, a year, I'm not sure he's going to make it there. But yeah, Miller for, for GPP, uh, Miller fade for cash for the same reasons I've discussed. 
Then we got Stephanie Egger, 7,600. I like this for cash. I don't like her for GPV. I think the finish upside for her is pretty low, even though we saw her do it against um, Shauna Young. I don't think anybody here really thinks very highly of Shauna Young. So I don't really consider that some crazy win. I really hope that my mic is working correctly and it's no robotic sound. wish there was a way to know, but worst case, I'll re-record this. But anyways, then we've got Mark Striegel, 7,500. I'm going to have him on some GBP. I'm going to have him on some cash. Maybe not cash. I just think there's good value at 7,500. I think there's too many unknowns about Skelly, and I think Striegel's going to be low-owned, counted out, and he's a good underdog play for me. I like it a lot. Not a lot, but I like it. Bado at 7,300. That's another underdog you should probably play on GPP. Watch his first round with Rodrigo Nascimento. I mean, he's going ham, landing really hard. Kind of reminded me of um, Philip Rowe, the way he strikes, or maybe even Kennedy Nachukwi. In terms of the heaviness of the strikes, I think he can put Porter down. I think he can put Porter down in round one. So I do think there's some. you should have some exposure to Allen, but it's risky, especially since he's fighting the heavyweight GOAT. Then we got Walker at 7,200. It's like hard to take him in anything because of that last fight against Diago Santos where he just didn't do fucking anything. And I also don't think he's going to finish Jamal Hill. At least he probably won't. He's not a grappler. At 7,200, I don't see too much upside for a GPP. Maybe cash, but even then, what's his floor? 35, 19. I don't know. It's probably a fade. Maybe a dart throw for GPP in case he does finish Hill. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but I think Walker's being overlooked in the matchup overall. See, big underdog just because of his last boring fight, but I think we're all forgetting that Santos beat John Jones, so whatever. Then we got Jamie Pickett. There's no price there, but he's going to be a major fade for me. I just don't see what he's going to do at all. Uh, Jesse Strader, 7,100. I like him for GPP dart throws, open up some value up top. Uh, he's got some finishing upside, wins inside the distance most of the time. I do think that if he wins this, it's going to be inside the distance. So for 7,100, I don't mind it. If you, if you drop this in the GPP plays and call it a day. Uh, Rodriguez, 6,900, you know, I just don't see a point. I don't see what he, how he's going to score high. I'm not sure how he's going to even keep a high floor, so that's going to be a major fade. And Jay Perrin, I want nothing to do with. There's nothing out on him yet, but I want nothing to do with that. So that's DraftKings. Um, you know, I'm not the best in the game when it comes to this in terms of providing you stats. I haven't won any giant tournaments just yet, but hopefully I was able to help you guys out a little bit. Personally, I think the slate is pretty gross. And I had a pretty hard time finding any nice spots that I liked. So now we're going to go to the part of the show that I like more. You guys know I love my prize picks. I love talking about prize picks. And it's just cool knowing that I think I have unique stats for this app. So anyways, we'll start now with uh, fight time. Uh, if you've watched my my fantasy show before... You know that I am not a fan of these because you can just bet it on a book. Um, 
Prize Picks makes you parlay the props. I love the app because you can hit hit under overs on takedowns, strikes, on their fantasy score, but and you can't get those on on any book. But for fight time, you can get that on any book. It's just the under over. So you'll see I have the under over what it's set out on Prize Picks, and then what it's lined out on the books to see if we can catch any value there. You see Pierce, you know. Under over set at 10 minutes. Meanwhile, you got seven and a half on the other side on, on sports books. So, if you're going to play the over, you might as well just go to a book. If you're going to play the under, then you can hit it on prize picks. But, it's gone over three or four times. What am I talking about, actually? Under over at 10 minutes? Wow, I must have been tired when I did this. No, he went over it only one or four times, so 25%. I apologize for that error. You'll see under each guy I have their opponent because, you know, you can't calculate or look at if an under-over is going to hit without considering the opponent. Pierce fighting Rodriguez, you know, I think it's going to go over. I think Pierce might get a late finish, but I'm not sure. I think it's going to be just a really grappling heavy attack, so I think it goes over. But because of that, if you really want to play the over, just go to the one and a half on the books. I'm not sure what the odds are set at, so, you know, if they're bad, then I get it, but... Then we got Buckley and Alhassan at seven and a half. You know, that's what? That's one and a half rounds. Probably go under, but I don't like touching one and a halfs really. I have one set for Bellator, but that's about it. I usually avoid one and a halfs. You see Buckley's only hit gone over seven and a half twice, so I don't know. I'm not personally feeling it too much, but Depends on what you think for the fight. I personally think it's a fade. Moda, 12 and a half minutes, two and a half rounds against Miller. I mean, I think it's going to go under that. It's the same as the books. But you can just bet fight doesn't go for, I think I got it this morning or yesterday at like minus 130. I'm not sure if it's similar, but these guys don't go to the distance often. So I think that under 12 and a half is a decent look. I'm not going to hit it because I just bet the fight doesn't go. So that's a dub for me. And then the last one is Hill and Walker. Over 8.5. Books have it at 7.5. I think it goes over. I don't think we're going to see like um, crazy striking exchanges. You see Hill has gone over 3 out of 6 times. Half half of his fights. Walker 3 of 8. But... You know, Hill's normally going over when he's fighting either somebody like OSP or Darko Stosik, who had him wrestling the whole time. Walker, on the other hand, if he's getting a quick finish, then he's going under. If he's not, he usually goes over. I don't know. I'm not going to touch this one. I think over probably if you insist, but I don't like it. Significant strikes, I don't hit these either all that much, but I do like them sometimes. There's a few here that actually catch my attention and I'm going to highlight as we go. DePaula at 62.5, I think there's value there. You know, nobody thinks so because if you look at her last three, you've got, you've only hit, she's only hit it once and that was in her contender series bout. I have that 31W. That's an L, not a W. So she's only hit it one of three times, but I think she's about to get a stand-up fight finally against Belbita. 
I think both girls are going to throw a lot. And I think that 62.5 is possible to go over for them. So I like that look. Clark at 60.5. I just don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a grappling affair. I don't know if their grappling is going to count, is going to um, invalidate each other's and then just it'll end up a striking battle between the two. I'm not sure, so I'm not going to play that. Pierce, 46.5. Love it. Probably going to hit it. He, he can go under if he chooses to wrestle the whole time like he did with Omar Morales. You see he's only got 12 strikes in that fight. So it's one to be wary about, and it's one that I'm not sure I'm going to get to for sure. But I don't hate Pierce over 46.5. Buckley, 35.5. Also don't hate it at all. It's just because of the opponent, it's hard to hit any kind of over on Buckley. But that's going to be a skip. But I think it's possible. Mata, 51.5. I want nothing to do with it, even in a three-minute I mean, even in a three-round, 15-minute fight against somebody like Lowry, who threw a lot and actually left himself open for strikes a lot, that went, that went uh, under. So, honestly, I think the look might be under here, and I might make that play. Because if they go three rounds, is is Carlos going to go over 51 and a half? I don't know. He didn't last time. And... I think there, there's probably going to be a finish. So if there's a finish on either side, Moda's going to go under that 51.5. It's a similar angle to the one I played with Saeed, so I actually really like this one. You see, I'm literally like finding spots as I go over this with you, which is always fun. Um, Porter, 49.5. I think that's an easy hit, honestly, as well. I guess the concern is if there's a finish in the first round, probably by Allen. Then we're going to go under for Porter, but you see 149, 126. Um, put into account that Bado will slow down similar to Chase Sherman. So I don't hate the 49.5, and I might hit it. Again, Doc is 49.5, also, I like it. I'm going to be. I think I already have that played, actually. I have it played with. I don't remember what I did it with. I'll check right now. I have to log in. Still nothing on Batista. And no new additions, as far as I could tell, to anything. Okay. And my entries. Right, so I just have Dawkins over 49.5, and I did already hit Gloria de Paula over 62.5. That's my first play. A little nervous about it. Not as comfortable as I'd like to be, but that's one I got. And then Hill 52.5. I don't want it. I don't know if there's going to be a finish. I don't know if this is going to be a boring five-rounder. I don't know if they're going to go to war. And if I don't know, I don't want to play it. So that's going to be that. Then we've got fantasy score over-unders. These are dope. There can often be some good looks because they're not scoring ground control. They're scoring only takedowns. So wrestlers score less than they do on DraftKings, and it could be... Um, you can find some good spots. I, You'll see I've literally calculated every past 
score for each person that's not available anywhere not on prize picks not anywhere so as far as i know i'm the only one who got it so if you want this feel free to hit me up i've said it before on my shows i'll gladly share any of my charts i just don't want to put them out there for free so people can just grab them and use them for themselves and even worse sell the picks that i'm making so you gotta hit you gotta hit me up but i'll give them out happily so uh real quick i'll go over the price fix scoring finally know it by heart pretty much you get 0.6 points for a t- for strikes you get six points for takedowns you get three points for a takedown defense which is you know that's a nice wrinkle that i've realized you got to start taking into account because if you got somebody who's fighting someone who shoots a lot but misses a lot they can score a lot and that's happened with a few of these people where they fought someone who wrestled a lot and because of the takedown defense they ended up scoring really high i think clark and alper is one example um I don't really remember much. I think that uh, Hill Stosik was another example. I don't remember exactly, but I think that's an important thing to look at now. And then, (coughs) excuse me. And then they get five points for a submission attempt. They get 12 points for a knockdown. 100 points to finish in the first. 75 if they finish in the second. 50 if they finish in the third. And... I think it's, I want to say it's 30 for round four and 25 for round five, but don't quote me there. I know five is 25. I don't remember what round four is. And then a decision win gets you 20 points. DePaulo over under set at 70.5. It's a, it's a decent look to go under. Um, I think that 98.4 that she got in the Contender Series might have been what I was talking about with the takedowns. Because that wasn't that high of a striking affair. She didn't get a knockdown, I don't think. And she certainly didn't get any takedowns. So, I think DePaula under 70.5 is a decent look. Sorry about the stat over there, how many times it's hit over. Made a mistake. It's 2 of 3. I mean... No, I was right. One of three that hit over. All this is uh, entered by hand, so, you know, there's some errors sometimes. I do my best. As it is, I barely have time for this stuff sometimes. But anyways, then we got Clark at 78 and a half. Eh, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go under this. I think there's a good chance she goes over. But you see, even even against her last fight, 68, 60.8 in a W, where she wrestled the entire time it's because they're not scoring ground control here in prize picks so i don't know i don't really like that for clark pierce he's hit this in every single one of his wins and i'm i fully plan on hopping on as well i think he's gonna go over again buckley 91 and a half you know if if you think buckley wins and play this he probably wins by ko but if you don't then it's either play under or just fade it uh, Mata at 85 and a half. You know, it's just too many unknowns. If he catches his finish, he'll probably go over. If not, I think he's probably going to go under. So, you can play the under there. I'm not going to touch. Porter, 100.5. You know, I'd, I'd rather the strikes here because of how much lower the number, the number was. And 
he scores mostly from striking, you know, so I don't see a reason to go with a fantasy rather than his striking. Um, he also doesn't really get too many finishes, so it's not like that's where the difference maker is going to be. So personally, I'm going to fade the Porter fantasy score. Not going to touch that one in any way. Dawkins, 81 and a half. I don't hate it. It's entirely possible it hits. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to hit it because this could just be a boring decision where Dawkins grinds out Pickett because Pickett's not very good. But I'm good. I don't want to play that. And Hill, 96 and a half. I've got zero interest in that. I might play under because... You know, is he going to finish Johnny Walker in round one or two? Because that's what he's going to have to do to score that high. Eh, I could be wrong. It's going to be a five-rounder, but I think that's a fade. Don't touch that, personally, in my opinion. Um, Clark, I, now we're going to do takedowns. Normally, I like these a lot more than I do here. Um, I don't know. Like I said, this entire slate, DraftKings, prize picks, just even regular bets, it's all slow. so, like, blah literally just blah but anyways we got clark under over is set at 2.5 takedowns you know after her last performance you, you just want to hit that but i don't know if Edgar's gonna be that easy you see she only took down uh alper one time and i think that people don't really i personally think that Edgar is gonna look similar to alper but a better version so i think it's possible clark does not go over this I'm not going to play it either way, over or under. Pierce, three and a half. You know, that probably goes over, but it's hard to lay money on such a high number because what if he just gets a finish? Um, I'll probably hit that on one play. I think I'm going to be hitting Porter one takedown as well because in his wins, he's getting at least one. And if he gets that one, you get your money back. If it doesn't hit, it just pushes. So, And then Dawkins, one and a half. I kind of like it as well. In his wins, he's hit it. And in one of his losses, he's hit it. I think I was Brendan Allen. Um, I'm probably going to play this. I already did yesterday. I did it with uh, Joel Embid. There was a Taco Day fucking thing on him. Discount. I don't, know, I don't know anything about basketball. I just did it. And that failed. So, you know, don't do stupid things like that. And that's all I got for prize picks. I don't have any official plays really other than the one I gave you with Dawkins and DePaula. I'm going to check Underdog Fantasy real quick to see if maybe something opened up for MMA. It has not, but they moved MMA further up the list, so I think maybe we might get something today. I'll put up some updates on my Twitter if I find something worthwhile. At Couch Warrior Pod. Please follow, please subscribe, please like these videos if you like them. It will help us spread the word. And then lastly, I'll go over Prediction Strike real quick. Like I said before, there's really not much to say just yet. Because there's just not so, so much historical stats. Um, the strategy I've been doing for Prediction Strike, which has been working for me, except when Topuri missed weight, dropped, well, didn't miss weight, but dropped out because of the weight thing. And then his price <laughs> dropped like crazy. And I ended up losing like a quarter of my portfolio, but... Other than that, the strategy's been working. Um, what I do is about a week or a week and a half before, I'll just buy the fighters I think that are the most hyped or have the highest odds of, of being a favorite. Even if I don't think they win. And then, like, Jamal Hill is one of my plays. I literally bet against him, but I know the hype's real. He's already up 8% for me. He's up 34% on the week. 
you know, there's clearly some hype with, with him going into this fight. And I think that a lot of people are sick and tired of um, Johnny Walker after his last performance. So I think that the price will continue to go up. So I like that spot. I have Kyle Dawkins as well against Jamie Pickett just because I think he's going to beat him from pillar to post. I'm already up 15% on that. There are There's no stats on the week for some reason. Um, and then there's I have Jonathan Pierce. Uh, again, just because I think he's going to wipe the wipe the floor with Rodriguez. But he's only up 2% for me so far. I think I might have missed a few good spots here. I feel like Parker Porter might be on fire. I think it's so funny. One that I wish I owned was Jared Cannonier. Now that he's getting a title shot, I think he's going to just be going up, 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 up until he loses that title shot. So Parker Porter has made no movement. He's a buck 13. Um, let me look up Cannonier. Sheesh. Yeah. Since, since, wow. Since his last fight, he's up 24%. <clears throat> I think I'm, I'm tempted to buy some Cannoneer stock just because I think it's going to keep going till the title shot happens. But I'm not sure. Especially once the title shot gets announced, I think we're going to see a bump there. But those are my three ownerships right now. <clears throat> I'm probably going to sell all of them except Pierce before the fights. That's my strategy because I just found that, you know, it's hard to sell them fast enough even if they win to catch the value afterwards. Everybody just throws them right out. Um, and often pe people lose when you don't think they will. So if I'm already up a bunch, I have no issue just selling it and then sitting with my bets because I've already got money on this in other ways. So I've been playing with Prediction Strike with very small money for now. Um, I plan on adding a significant sum at some point because I think there's a lot of money to be made in these early times on, on it, but there's also a lot of money to be lost, like the Ilya Tapuria nonsense, so I'm going to be wary until I get a better idea. But that's it for the show today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow I hope to have a Bellator slash PFL show out. I'm going to do my best, and then for all the other small regional events, I'm going to be not posting a video, but I'm going to be going through them myself. Any spots that I like, I'm going to throw them up on my Twitter, at CouchWarriorPod, or on my BetMMA page. Um, it's CouchWarriorPod as well, or look up SpliffyK. Spliffy is my dog. Um, and then, yeah, that's about all I got to say. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends, and let's make some bread.